0: Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I wanted to talk to you about learning how to let go of people in our lives who are just not good for us and who are toxic for us. I decided to do this topic today. I know that I have talked about being in toxic relationships in the past, but I was doing my Facebook live the other night. And as I pulled a card for one of my listeners, I just felt such a heaviness and sadness in pulling the card and the card was about letting go. And it reminded me of my own personal story and how I, for so long, kept trying to hold on to something that I knew was not good for me. And all of my family and friends would say, you need to let go, you need to get out of this. And I, even though intellectually, I I knew they were right, and I could understand what they were saying, it was still hard when I was stuck in the middle of this situation, and I felt so confused and crazy like i was the one going crazy um not knowing what i was really supposed to do because there was a part of me and i think that there are a lot of you out there who are probably the same way this people pleaser in me and this empath in me felt this strong need to save this person you know this was my ex and i couldn't save him. And ultimately, no one could save him. And we see that in the end of what happened. But I think that there are so many people who are stuck in relationships where we feel like we're someone else's savior. And like we've been sent here and our duty and our purpose is to save this person. And I'm here to tell you that you cannot be anyone else's savior. You can't save anyone else. If someone wants to change and wants your help because they're changing, that's one thing. And you're still not that person's savior. They still have to do it on their own. You can assist them. But I'm talking about relationships where the person in question is never going to change. They just don't have the capability to see that they need to change. And they don't have the desire to change. And they're vibrating on such a low frequency that they don't even understand what they do to other people. Because I truly believe, even though I know that there were times when my ex was very cold and calculated, like I remember one time I was trying so hard to go to sleep. I was exhausted. And, you know, my ex didn't want me to go to sleep because, you know, he thought, you know, needed to perform my wifely duties, right? And I was exhausted. I just wanted to go to sleep. And he decided that if he didn't get what he wanted, I wasn't going to get what I wanted. So I remember that he, first of all, took all of the covers and pillows off the bed so that I wouldn't have, you know, any covers or pillows. And then he was like screaming and making noise. So I got up, and I crawled down to my living room because we were in an apartment at this time. And I grabbed one of the blankets that we had on the couch in the living room. And I don't even think I had a pillow, but I was laying on the couch. So then he came down to the living room and he turned on the stereo as loud as he could. I'm surprised they didn't call the police on us. And so I crawled to the one place where I thought he won't do anything. I crawled to the baby's room they are both asleep. You know, it had taken me, you now it is when you have two of them and you're trying to get them to sleep at night. I mean, it had already taken me a while to get them down. They were finally down. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go sleep in their room because he won't mess with me there. So I went to the baby's room and I was laying on the floor and I didn't have pillow, blanket, nothing. But I was so tired, I just wanted to go to sleep. So I'm laying in the middle of the floor in between the two cribs. And he opens the door, flips the light on and off several times and screams, Wake up, babies! And so, of course, they both started screaming and wailing. And so then he left the room, and I had to pick up both babies. So I, you know, had to get one out of the crib and then get the other out of the crib. And I'm laying in the floor, rocking them in the floor, back to sleep, bawling my eyes out because I'm so tired at this point that I just couldn't even, like, I couldn't even think or reason, and I, I was just so emotional and just, I don't know. That, that was the turning point in my life because I, to me, I thought, okay, you know, he does this stuff to me, but that night it affected the kids, right? He woke them up, and I thought I never would have expected him to do that. And I got them down, you know, finally rocked back, back to sleep, put them each in their crib. And I was laying on the floor and he came back in and was like, it was like a light switch went off. He was a totally different person. Apologetic. You're an angel. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this to you. And that is what would draw me back in every time because it's almost like he had two personalities the one personality was like what fairy tales are made of right opening the car door I mean I remember when I first went out with him on on a date with him I thought he's too good to be true like there's something not right here and I really truly believe I was picking up on the fact that that part of him is an act it's an act the good part where you think this is why I stick around is that little bitty part in him that's so good and the thing is that's the part that's the act, really. Because they know how to turn on the charm, they know how to manipulate you. And it it's seriously I was so confused for so long because I thought who is this person? Like it, it's literally like he has two personalities and we would my family we talked about that. We in fact we called him You know, we had two names for him, like Luke and Duke. It was like Luke was the good person and Duke was the bad person because it was like almost like he had a split personality. It was the most bizarre thing ever because he could go from hot to cold so fast and you didn't know what was going to trigger it. I mean, sometimes it was like nothing that would trigger it. And when it was bad, it was like he was, and I mentioned this, I talk about this in my book, and I honestly in my book I did not go – really, really much into detail about how scary and how bad it got because I it wasn't, my book was not meant to just trash my ex. You know, that wasn't what it was about at all. And in fact, my mentor said, you need to include more of the stuff that happened to you. I was like, I just don't know. And she said, well, that's what people are gonna resonate with. And my publisher said, no, I don't think you need to because it's not about that. You're about healing women. But I can talk about it here because it really, I think it does help you to understand if you're going through the situation or if you know someone who is, this is why it's so hard to get out because they can turn on a dime and turn on that charm. And like he would turn on the tears. I talk about that in the book. He would turn on the tears and I would feel horrible. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so mean to him. Me, right? Like I'm the one who's mean, but that's how it felt. And, you know, it would be like, you don't understand me and, you know, I love you so much and you're such an angel and you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And that was one personality. And the next was like, you're calling me every name in the book that I can't even say on here that I, I mean, the first time I heard him call me those things, I was just shocked. You know, and you would think that, well, why didn't you leave then? What was, that was your first, you know? And here's the thing. I did leave. I left. And my family's like, you need to leave. So when we first started dating, I left. I left for about a month. And he, I didn't know this at the time, but I guess he was like stalking my house. And he would park across the street. And so one day when I was home by myself, he came up to the door and turned on the charm and you know was the perfect southern gentleman right like that's how he acted and it was like a completely different person and it's like I've changed I know I I see the area of my ways I know what I did and laid it on so thick that yeah I ended up like right back in where I was So I know how difficult it is to get away because it's not like I just made a clean break and that was it. That's not what happened at all. And even after we got divorced, I still found myself getting sucked back into his life. You know, having to go to his family parties and doing things I didn't really want to do with him because for me, It was about my kids. Like, if I go, then I know they're being looked after. And my family would guilt me into like thinking that I needed to be there with the kids too. And in hindsight, yes, I guess I did because he was terrible to them, but he was gonna be that way no matter what, because he was always gonna have his chance to be alone with the kids. And there really wasn't anything as far as like just being there that I could have done that would have stopped it. So when I started going to counseling, my counselor was like, why are you continuing to go do things with him? And I said, you know, well, because I feel guilty. I feel like I have to be there for my kids. And, you know, she's like, you're not doing them any favors. Like you have to let them be kids and you have to let them learn how to fend for themselves. And that was so hard to hear because when they first started going, they were a year old like, what do you mean a year old has to fend for themselves? But I mean, she was right in a way, because really, they do have to learn how to speak up. And, you know, the the one thing I will say that he definitely used to his advantage was because they were so little, they wouldn't come back and say what happened, you know, with when they were with him. And he immediately began telling them they better not say what was happening when they went with me. I mean, he had a whole secret family, and I didn't know about it, and was still trying to, like, still get me to get back together with him while he still had this family. And it was so bizarre, because it's like, that's how manipulative he was. And it you seriously... If you're involved in a situation like that, where someone has that charming side and then they have the, the evil devil side, what I like to call it, please know that that charming side is the side that's the act. That's not the true person. It's not. And it took me so long to realize that because I'm like, well, he can be such a good person. That's not who he truly is. He's not. The inner demon is what is truly that person. They just know how to get along in society and how to put on this act so that they can be accepted into all of these social groups. It's an act that they learn how to play. It's a part they're playing. And it took me so long to understand because I always had it reversed, right? I always said, you know what? He's such a good person and it's just this bad side that comes out. No, that's not true. He's the bad person, but he knows how to play the good person. That's how you get manipulated because they know how to play on your feelings and your emotions. And when feelings and emotions get involved, it makes things messy and it's so hard to get out of. That's why if you really want to try to get out of a situation like this, you've got to start looking at it completely differently. When your mindset changes, everything else changes too. Because the moment I realized that I was being played every single day and I looked at him not as someone I had emotions for, but as someone who was just like a business partner because we had children together, everything changed. And it took me a long, long time to get to that point. Even though I was divorced, he still tried to worm his way back in and he still manipulated me to get what he wanted with the kids or, you know, just with different situations. And I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, because I didn't want to cause trouble, number one. I didn't want to create conflict. And my gosh, if there's one thing that I can teach you in this life, it is cause conflict. Stand up for yourself. Raise hell if you have to. We as women are taught sometimes to be polite and to overlook things. And that is how women get kidnapped and raped and all kinds of things because we don't stand up for ourselves because we're taught it's impolite. Well, it is time for us to stop giving a damn about being polite and start raising hell, standing our ground, and not allowing people to mistreat us because it's too Long. It's been too long. Look at our society. And look how men sometimes and I'm not at all I know there are amazing men out there. And I know I have amazing men listeners. But I'm talking about as a society, how we've been allowed to be objectified and treated. And nobody, I mean, it's taken till 2020 for people to finally stand up and say me too. Really? This has gone on way too long. And it's up to our generation and the next generations to say, no, enough. We've had enough. We're not allowing you to hit us, to talk down to us, to think you're better than us. No, enough. No one deserves to be called names. No one deserves to be physically touched in a way they don't like. No one deserves to be manipulated using emotions. And if someone is doing that to you, it's time you start getting mad and realize that this person knows exactly what they're doing and you are letting them take advantage of you. And if this were your daughter or your mother or your sister or your cousin or your friend, you would be so mad at them for withstanding this. But because it's you and you're empathic and you're polite and you want to be a good girl, You don't do anything. You just allow this person to come in and manipulate you and walk all over you like you were the doormat and you're not a doormat. If you had a visual, it would be like in the movies when the woman is holding the gun and trying to protect herself and the man comes up and just like grabs it out of her hand and flips it on her. That's what you're allowing them to do. You're allowing them to violate you in every possible way, in the worst way. Because when someone violates you physically, those scars will heal, a bruise will heal. But when someone's violating you emotionally and they're manipulating you and taking advantage of you and abusing you, that stays with you, that lowers your self-esteem, your self-worth, which lowers your vibration. And all kinds of awful things happen when you allow that to happen. And as I said before, if this were a family member, you wouldn't stand for it. And you have to start taking care of yourself and seeing yourself as the queen or the king that you are. Because you know what? This isn't just about men and women, like men abusing women. There are women who do the same thing to men. And I'm sorry if you felt, felt like I was just talking about it from that direction. There are women who are just as awful to men and do the same thing. And here's the deal. I'm just telling you from my perspective, and I happen to be a woman, but I have seen it go the other way, too. I have seen women who are so manipulative, and they take advantage of nice guys, and it's terrible. No one should ever be allowed to take advantage of your kindness. Kindness is not weakness. But you have to set healthy boundaries. You have to tell someone, you're not going to treat me this way. Setting healthy boundaries is hard, especially if you've never had any. But two things will happen if you set a healthy boundary. Either the person will be like, well, I can't get what I want anymore from this person, so I'm gone, which good riddance, bye-bye. Or the person will say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to respect that boundary, and I love that person, so I'm going to respect it, and I'm going to be better. But I'm here to tell you that if someone is as screwed up mentally as my ex was, they can't change. I'm sorry. I just don't think it was possible. He waited way too long to get help. It's possible if when they're younger, they get the help. I guess I shouldn't say no one can ever change, but it is really, really, really difficult if they've been in that state for so long and been allowed to do what they do for so long, because I don't even think that he saw what he did as evil. It's just, I have to win at all costs. That was the attitude. I have to win at all costs. And to earn your trust, I'm going to lie about who I really am, to give you a sense of false security and then i'm going to get my way and then i'm done with you and it's sad that people treat others like they're disposable but there are so many amazing people out there who know how to treat others don't waste your time and energy on someone who doesn't if you don't see your worth how in the world do you expect someone else to It's gotta start with you. You've gotta know and understand that you are so divinely loved. I think it makes the universe so extremely sad when we don't see our worth because you were created with divine love and the divine had so many amazing plans for you. And being stuck in a life that doesn't fulfill you, that makes you cry, That isn't what it's all about. That's not where it's at, ladies and men. The universe wants you to recognize your own worth, see your own beauty inside and out, and to find people who also see it. But you have to make space for those people by kicking the garbage to the curb. And yes, I said it. Kicking the garbage to the curb because anyone who mistreats a beautiful child of God, in my eyes, is garbage. You don't need that in your life. So, what can you do if you're stuck in the middle? One of the best things you can start doing is to start looking at this situation like a third party person and say, okay, this isn't happening to me, it's happening to my daughter. It's happening to my best friend. It's happening to my mom. It's happening to my sister, to my brother. What would I do? Would I allow them to be treated that way? Or would I step up and say, you got to get rid of this idiot. This person's ruining your life. What would I do? And if you would step up and say something to someone else, that's your clue that it's time for you to step up and say something for yourself. Set that healthy boundary. Do some journaling and reflective exercises. Why do I allow someone to walk all over me? Why is that? Where does that come from? Did my parents walk all over me? What is that about? It's time to do the inner healing work stand up for yourself. I have a prayer today that I want to share with you that I think might help some of you and it's about setting boundaries in your life and helping you dissolve patterns that are just hurting you. So I'm going to read this prayer and you can close your eyes and say it with me or you can just listen and feel it in your heart. We're going to say a prayer to Archangel Michael. Dear beloved Archangel Michael, please assist in dissolving any patterns that I have adopted through my soul's journey, modeling from parents or society, genetic or otherwise, so that I may have healthy boundaries in my life and in all of my relationships, amen. All right, guys, and if you need help getting out, and sometimes you do. I had to go to counseling. If you need help, there are awesome counselors out there, even working with a spiritual counselor. If you want to work with me, with coaching, don't hesitate, okay? It's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's a sign of strength and wisdom. Don't do this alone. If you have people who can support you, let them. All right, guys. I wanted to pull a card for you today, and the card I pulled is from the Healing with the Angels deck by Doreen Virtue, and it's balance. Balance is so important in your life. When one area of your life becomes out of balance, it throws everything else off. So it's super important right now that you have balance. This uh, card meaning says the angels know that you're busy with many earthly demands in your time. They want, you to help, they want to help you with your responsibilities through the process of balance. Whenever our schedules become disproportionate, our energy drops. Lowered energy causes, creates the illusion that there isn't enough time in the day, so a vicious cycle of time limitation ensues. Your angels ask you to add regular doses of meditation, exercise, and play to your days. They know, that, um, they know that balancing your life between work, play, spirituality, exercise, and relationships help you to grow and feel joy. If you feel overwhelmed by your responsibilities, don't hesitate to ask God and your angels to lift your burdens. Alright guys, well I want to thank you so much for being here with me. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a review from wherever you're listening. Leave me some stars on iTunes, that would be amazing. And if you want to share this podcast with others, I would super appreciate it. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. And if you're there for the live, I will pull a card just for you. Also, I post videos to IGTV, and there are free guided meditations and tappings on YouTube, so go check that out. If you'd like to purchase my book, Beautifully Broken, if today's podcast episode spoke to you at all, my book is exactly what you need. It's available on Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes & Noble, or you can get the audiobook on my website. And if you would like to work with me, go to my website, Melissaopen.com. There you will find all of the services I offer. You can purchase the service from the website and then contact me to schedule. All of my sessions are done online through Zoom. So you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. Thank you so much for being here with me, guys. As always, I am sending you so much love and light. I hope that you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye, guys.